0: The 6.30 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad.
1: In what came to be known as a gay purge, over 100 men were reported by rights groups to have been swept up by the security services and taken to police stations and secret pit prisons where they were tortured and in some cases killed. James Longman is a British journalist and foreign correspondent for ABC News. He recently produced... A series of reports, this took a year of work, uh, titled Inside What It's Like to Be Gay in Chechnya. It's an eye-opening, heartbreaking, and terrifying look into the situation. And James joins us this evening, well, this afternoon in Canada, in England this evening. James, thanks for taking the time.
0: No problem. Thanks for having
1: me. Now let's start. Uh, let's start with uh, with this. What is it? What is it about Chechnya? The the area is a majority Muslim, deeply conservative. Being gay never really accepted there. Um, but under a new ruler, things got worse. Can you set up what it's like to be in Chechnya right now?
0: Well, it, it is it is a country with a fairly bloody history, it's fighting two wars against uh, central government in Moscow. It kind of was a fallout of the kind of breakup of the Soviet Union. And over the last few years, uh, kind of the, the Kadarov family has, has emerged as kind of the preeminent kind of tribal family, if you like. And they have, uh, with the help of central government and Vladimir Putin, basically created uh, a police state in such It's a federal republic, has a certain level of autonomy, but is still part of Russia. And over the last few years, they have uh, consolidated their power, first through the father, like I say, and now through Ramzan Kadyrov, who became president in his 30s, and has basically, you know, according to rights groups all over the world, uh, created one of the most brutal police states anywhere in the world and all opposition pretty much is uh, banned and anything that is seen as being a, a threat to the nation, a threat to the, to the Republic of Chechnya is also kind of cracked down on pretty hard and one of the things that they have focused on, as many countries around the world do when, when they want to consolidate power, is they focus their wrath on minorities and the gay, uh, well the LGBTQ, uh, community has has faced that uh, that wrath pretty in in pretty in a pre- pretty brutal fashion. So, like you say, since 2017, young men and women have been rounded up uh, over to, around 200 actually. We we know at this point, but it could be many more, uh, with the complicit kind of approval of some families. It has to, has to be said, mm. but nowhere really on earth, as far as I can really tell, is there a state-sponsored uh, kind of purge of this nature.
1: James, military officials and Kadaroff has, well, he has famously say, said, quote, we have no gay people here, but they do. And as you said, they're being rounded up and, and tortured. You, you worked in this area. You worked on this project for a year. What did you hear? What were their stories? What were some of the stories that you were told?
0: I mean, it was pretty brutal. Uh, it, it, was, it was young men, women at work. Or at home who were suddenly visited by members of the police services three or four large sort of chechen fighter type men uh, at once would arrive uh, Amin, mean who whose story i think we focused on mostly in a film who's now thankfully has living in safety in toronto uh, he told us that he was uh, he was at work one day three men came to his his workplace they bundled him into a trunk of a car took him to a nearby police station where he was held on the ground for 14 days Mm. he was waterboarded they soaked his arms in water and then attached electrodes to his hands and had a generator an electric generator in front of them which they would pump up turn on and and send shocks through his body uh they they did mock execution on him uh which is which is a war crime i believe you know they, they are some of the most horrific um details i've ever heard from individuals and uh it was we were told this time and time again a young man in belgium told me the same thing that he had he was beaten senseless that actually he had had and this is a young man of 19 he first met a, a guy um because you know they young men as anyone else a young a young women tried to have relationships um and then he found it was being in the jail cell the, the man that he had been in a relationship of sorts for a, a number of months walked in in full army uniform. Oh. and He realised he had been entrapped. And the aim of this is to um, get other names of other men so that they can go and, and collect, if you like, more people uh, to be tortured and then get more names. Um, and we've had a number of reports of men going missing. Um, I believe there's only two that have been verified, but I got, I've been, I got messages that over 30 Individuals have gone missing and are presumed dead. But all of this is so hard and, well, basically impossible to prove um, because the Russian authorities in central government in Moscow, the government of Vladimir Putin, uh, is turning a blind eye to it. They opened one investigation, it lasted about a year, um, and then closed it. And uh, it seems that Ramzan Kadarov's Regime is allowed to go
1: unpunished. Why and, and why, why is that, James? I mean, you, you tell me the story, and I'm watching I'm watching the video, and I'm getting angry, and I'm in tears, and it it just um, it made me very it made me very angry to watch this. And why why isn't anyone doing anything about it? Why is the world not doing anything about it?
0: It is not a priority for the government of Russia. It is something which uh, Ramzan Kadyrov, the Kadyrov family, is is in charge of a, an area in, in in Chechnya which has been long been kind of a restive part of Russia. And in order to kind of bring it under control, there has to be kind of a, a certain amount of agreement between Putin and Kadyrov. Mm. And culturally, it is a, it's, a, it's a world away from from anything that we understand but inside Russia there are kind of cultural norms if you like people you know it's not easy to be gay in any part of Russia no it's just that in Chechnya it it seems almost impossible there is a a culture of um like kind of I I called it distilled masculinity Mm -hmm. or patriotic masculinity it is a it's a country of fighters that's a quote from one of the officials we met he said that we're breeding fighters here the understanding of manhood is very much just it, it, it is ramzan Kadarov himself he is the man to which all men in Chechnya must aspire and anything that falls outside of that norm is is a threat to the nation it's a, it's a, it's actually treason if you like for them uh, i think in a, in a kind of uh, psychological way and i think um Vladimir Putin has no interest in destabilizing this once very restive part of his federation by trying to do anything about it. And, and even if he wanted to, I, I think in, in Russia in general, being gay has become more and more difficult yeah. uh, throughout the federation.
1: Um, ABC News foreign correspondent James Longman joined me on the phone this afternoon from London. Is there any idea? Is there any way of knowing how big the LGBTQ community is in Chechnya, James?
0: No, I mean it's it's not a large place, Chechnya. It's not like it's a population of millions and billions. Um, but you know, I think it's probably just as large as it is in any other country as a proportion of the population. Um, but it's just basically impossible for anybody to to, to live openly and. Um, and so, you know, these young men have no choice, most of them, but to flee or to, to get out. And that's where we met most of our victims abroad. But they all live in fear because the Chechen diaspora is quite large. Because mm. of the wars that went on there, there is a kind of a diaspora of people, Chechens living around the world. And they live in fear that they will get tracked down and and, um, uh, and kind of retribution will be met on them. So that's why most of them didn't want to speak um, on you know, with their faces showing. And the only one who did was Anim, like I say, in Canada. Yeah. very, very brave to, to show his identity.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask you about that, how you managed to get access to their stories and, and how did you protect them? Because, I mean, um, that, <laughs> that's important.
0: Well, absolutely. I mean, this, this, this is why it took so long to gain their trust. I think part of the reason why they trusted us was because I was open with them from the very beginning. As a gay man, I, take, I took an interest. I think also we just had to make very clear promises about what we wouldn't wouldn't do we Mm -hmm. wouldn't show anyone's identity we would hide their voices we did meet one individual in chechnya the team went to meet him and the and the deal was that we wouldn't then go and meet any other government official on the same trip it would have to be two separate trips because they're that paranoid about us being followed by government officials uh we, we made promises to hide their voices um, we, we only communicated with them on via very secure apps. We would never email. We would never telephone. Yeah. Um, you know, because because the the, the mechanisms of the of the police state, um, both in Chechnya and in central government in Moscow, are available to the Chechen authorities to, to hunt people down, to to tap into their communications, um, and everyone is just young men that we spoke to knew that and so they were just absolutely terrified and continued to be terrified right
1: James you spent time with the head of um, the Chechen police and in fact in what was uh, an, an extraordinary extraordinary moment in in the whole piece you had him take you into and the crew into one of the jails where it's believed these men had been um, had been taken to and in one of the jail cells uh, James you told this Chechen uh, police man, the, the head of, of, of the police, that, that you were gay, that you were a gay man. And I can remember you, the scene of you turning around and telling your cameraman, I think I'm going to tell him. What was going through your mind at that time?
0: Doing it, I have to say, before we arrived in Chechnya, you know, this interest of mine is, is, is as a journalist, just objectively speaking, very important story to do. But I thought that going into Chechnya itself, telling people that I would go, that was something that I wasn't prepared to do, not just for my own safety, but for the safety of the crew. But that night, it did seem that he was being very open and kind of wanting to speak frankly. Mm -hmm. And um, he saw it, I think, as a PR opportunity. But we just took advantage of of that. And we thought, well, now or never, we did get the sense after being with him for two hours that he wasn't going to kind of lock us up or you know, do anything to us or take our footage. But we, we didn't know hundred percent. But I did ask the others if they felt that they they felt safe enough for me to do it and they said yes. My heart was racing pretty hard, I have to admit. I didn't know what he was going to do. Um, but and then I I wanted to show him that I was scared to tell him. I wanted him to see in a human way that it is that these stories are real and that I had been affected by hearing them and, that, and for that reason it made me scared to tell him. And instinctively, again, there was nothing really planned here. I just took his hand and put it on my heart and yeah. I feel my heart beating. I feel like that was, in retrospect, you know, it's quite a strangely intimate moment between the reporter and the subject, uh, particularly when we're talking about the subject matter. Absolutely. But he uh, him laugh. He just laughed, cackled. He had a sort of cackle of cacophonous laugh which kind of reverberated around the jail and he went a bit red i think he was a bit embarrassed and but my my aim really was to just try to humanize yeah the story to him and maybe he's got preconceptions about gay people and maybe try to shift some thinking on his part um i don't know i don't think we did that i think actually what it did telling him i was gay probably reaffirmed his own prejudices about gay people (laughs) which is that it's a kind of foreign disease. <laughs> the, the thing you hear time and again in Chechnya is that you're not really Chechen if you're gay. Mm. Cannot be Chechen. I have been lied to by these men. They are not really Chechen. want mm. a big foreign conspiracy. It fits into the narrative in Russia that anything yeah. that is foreign tends to be wrong. Yeah, so J- I think all it really did was reaffirm his own prejudice.
1: James, I, I, I was surprised at his reaction when when I when I watched it, and he was kind of well, he was asking, wondering how things worked and how things were done, and kind of this <laughs> this laugh that you were talking about. and I'm looking at, I was watching and going, what the what in the actual hell? But then you know, at the end of the evening, how. When when you parted ways because you guys got back in the I think that looked like a police cruiser and kind of went back to wherever you were going. What did that What did that evening end like?
0: Yeah, so I, I didn't really want to get back in his car, but he he seemed quite keen to take us back to the hotel. And I continued. We had our camera, so I was kind of saying to the camera, you know, I found this whole experience a bit strange. We're still with this guy. He wanted to know what I was saying, so we kind of exchanged pleasantries about that. And then at the end, we sat we're outside the hotel. And I said, "So we've had this whole evening together. You took us to dinner. You've known, you've met me now for like three hours. We're talking openly. Um, Am I less of a man than you?" And then he looked at me, very calmly, and he said, "I'll tell you honestly, I will never be your friend." Yeah. And it was, it was a moment which allowed the mask to slip slightly. Got a glimpse of uh-huh. re- what this man's really about, and even behind the smiles and the laughter and oh, it's okay, it doesn't matter if you're gay, don't worry about it. Actually, fundamentally, this man, you know, is a homophobe, and um, that's what he feels about people who are gay. So I think it was a rev- it was a sort of a tiny glimpse. There was no violence. There was nothing like. But it was just a little moment. And. It was revelatory to me, at least.
1: James, I was just on your Twitter account, and there was a message that says, Hello, James, I saw your report, and I'm struck by your courage. I'm one of those who had to flee from Chechnya. I'm glad that you are highlighting our problem, and I'm honoured with all of my heart. Thank you. So, James, what do you hope for when someone sees this piece and maybe reads it? What, what, What do you hope that they will take away from it and maybe spur them into action to do something?
0: Well, I think there are two hopes. The first is that people around the world take notice. And because um, change only really happens when, when people want it to. So in whatever small way, people can, you know, get in touch with representatives to, to put pressure on the right people. Or even charities like Rainbow Railroad, who helped us talk to Amin, who are based in Canada. It's an extraordinary charity getting gay people out of 75 countries. You know, these are people doing life-changing work. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, in in terms of... How, what I wanted to say to Chechen gay people which was the world is watching and if you have courage to speak out that's, it's only then that things can change Because I don't think that um, Chechnya cares what we think in the West, <laughs> I don't think that Moscow cares what yeah. we think and it's not, it's, an ABC News report is not going to change po- po- policy in, in Russia but if it, if it forces if it, if, it, if it makes people inside Russia think and um, then, then I think that's that's probably where where I would where I would have the most hope in trying to do something about it. Russians don't tend to they have this kind of strange kind of um, you know, schizophrenic attitude to the rest of the world. It's sort of 50 percent, um, you know, the world the, the West is wrong and everything they think is wrong, but 50 percent kind of care how we're seen abroad. So um, you have to kind of play along those lines. And I think if, if if, they, if, if people inside Russia believe that this could be really detrimental to their global image, and there are there are those inside Russia who can who can who have the power to make the change, then it was worth doing.
1: James Longman, I continue to look forward to seeing your work on ABC News, and I thank you for joining me this afternoon. I appreciate it very much.
0: Thanks so much
1: for having me. Take care now. James Longman joining me tonight from uh, London, England. Uh, Again, the article, the, the, the video piece, Inside What It's Like to Be Gay in Chechnya. James Longman is a British journalist and a foreign correspondent for ABC News.